Welcome back, everyone, to It's a Chat. It's a Chat. Uh, with me, Paul Williams, and as always, in my co-pilot seat sitting next to me in, in the cockpit is Scott Charnick. How are you doing, Scott? I'm okay, thank you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I've been, yeah, it's weird, I've been looking forward to this one. I don't think it's a secret that this is probably the reason why we we set up this podcast in the first place, it feels like. It feels like this was the catalyst. Yeah. Uh, to it all not not in a bad way just in a the discussions that were thrown up by if you don't know we we have reached uh episode eight eight episode eight of the star wars saga (laughs) the last jedi um which is probably i would weirdly the most controversial star wars film would you agree with that statement scott yes i think that that is that (laughs) is an accurate statement uh, and we're going to dig into why. And, and we were just discussing briefly before we started recording. This is the same as the prequels. This is not a negative podcast. We're not here to no. to shit upon anything. So much artistry and time and effort uh, goes into any any form of art uh, as much as good and bad. So we're not here to make the thousandth, if not millionth, Last Jedi shit uh, podcast or opinion piece we're not here to do that we both have feelings strong feelings in some ways on this film which we want to discuss and it's and and as the title says it's just a chat it's yeah. a chat it's just a friendly chat about it because i've I, we've got a lot of opinions especially about this film and i think that weirdly is it's one of its biggest strengths i think and i don't know what you feel scott but the fact that it's so decisive i feel like is a good thing in some ways because I think Force Awakens, which we did last week, was a bit of a you sort of look at it now, look back on it. It's a it's a nostalgia fest. It played it safe. It set up these mystery boxes, which we'll get to. Um, and the Last Jedi kind of uh, told its own story, and some people didn't like that. Some people did. It's very interesting, but I, I like the fact that it is decisive because it, it it's there to emote some film is there to emote an emotional response and it definitely did that in people negative or positive what do you feel about that Scott what do you think about that opinion I um I I think I think having a, a movie provoke debate is a good thing um whether whether it whether whether the the debate that this particular movie provoked is um is good or healthy <laughs> for Star Wars I don't mm. know <laughs> Because I think that that's the biggest thing, is it? Star Wars needed a bit of a slap in the face, and I, I feel, I feel, <laughs> again, I feel, but and and this yeah. movie definitely did that, and it's and it's interesting because obviously the backlash against it is because of that. You slap a fan in the face, they ain't gonna like it, and yeah. I think that is a a very interesting. This is a very unique situation. You know, we are. I don't think any other film would have provoked this kind of response because of the love and feeling as we're talking, as we've done this podcast now for X amount of episodes, I'm not going to say the episode number, because I realized, you know, we're recording this a few months from when it, when people will hear it and we might split some of the episodes. So I don't know what episode we're on, but the fact that we've talked about this for the last mm. countless weeks, Star Wars is part of the fabric of geekdom and geekdom has become almost an acceptable thing i was listening to another podcast uh and they were talking about how back in the day when we were younger when you and i were younger scott 
you had to kind of hide your geekdom. A yeah, bit you did, more. didn't you? Yeah. It was it was bullied out of you. It was not an acceptable thing to be to be a geek to love this stuff to love comics to love Star Wars to love anything kind of fantasy or sci-fi was a reason for somebody to punch you in the face. Would you say that, Scott? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. It's uh, and it's become it's it's quite weird, isn't it? It's become cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, ha- it has and it's become acceptable which is great because that's that's the internet that's the strength of the internet i think that's where a, a good thing about the internet has come that these small niche groups of people have found a home you know no matter what you love no matter what you like if you're a brony <laughs> if you're a, a star wars geek if you're a marvel geek a dc geek whatever there is a community out there for you and for the most part it's healthy but sometimes in the deep recesses of the internet, it can become quite toxic. Yeah, the, yeah, the negative side of social media. And we saw a lot of that around um, around, the, around The Last Jedi, didn't we? And, and that's what I say when I don't know if, that, if this particular sort of debate was really very healthy for, for, for anything, really. I mean, there, there, there was a, so much... Um, so much polarization and so much sort of negativity and that kind of led to uh led to hate hate mail and hate messages really didn't it to some of the cast and i know which the, yeah just... That, it's just it's just unacceptable it's just i mean it's still and it still happens now and then we're kind of in this good backlash against these institutions that have been set up over decades of the protecting certain people who are in power or in and then you get yeah. these minority groups of fandom that just shout the loudest and becomes the feels like the majority when it's not. Yeah. And I think with The Last Jedi, you know, love it or hate it, whatever you feel about it, who cares? It's like like somebody said, I watched a few things around it. It's about space wizards. It's a kid's film about space wizards. And it is a kid's film. I don't even when you try and, you know, we got our rogue ones, but this core episodic Star Wars films are designed to be family adventures. They're not designed to be for an adult audience. And I think the the want and need and fan theories and expectations on this film were so great that it kind of was its downfall. And because uh, they had a very particular story they wanted to tell... Did they? And they... (laughs) They did, Scott, and we'll get to that. And so, so caveat, caveat. I love Ryan Johnson. I will. The film for me is not perfect. The film. Do I love this film? No. Do I think it's a good film? Yes. Do I think it's the best Star Wars film ever made? No. But it, I would rank it pretty high, mainly because of what it tries to do. I think rewatching it, I. It, it's. I'd have to say it's the most beautiful star wars film i have to say that the 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 director of photography the design some of the shots are just incredible some of the yeah i agree with you I and mean, the whole the whole new the whole new trilogy has been beautiful looking but there's no doubt about it that this has um this has this has some something a little bit extra uh, it does really. it does it's just a little i mean and i'm going to get into it just has a little bit of extra thought put into it and whether you think that thought was right or wrong I think it it was very well planned which I think the other the trilogy itself is not and I think that's where this film fails because a it wasn't 
it was kind of building on the mystery boxes. It kind of shat on the mystery boxes. That yeah. was JJ. <laughs> but then equally, JJ Abrahams then came back and shat on yeah. the things that this one sets that's, up. That's so, the crux of the problem with this trilogy, isn't it? That's, that's definitely no. the nail on the head there. Completely, completely. But yeah, my... Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen any other Ryan Johnson films, I implore you to go and see all of them, like Brick, Looper, uh, Knives Out, which just came out uh, this year, is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. So Ryan Johnson, I think, as a writer-director, has always has a vision. Whether Again, I'm not going to say whether that vision was right or wrong. I'm saying he had a very solid plan for this film, uh, and he had a very solid idea of what he wanted to say. What he wanted to say, that's what we can debate now, Scott. I mean, obviously, you yeah. feel it wasn't a lot he could say. What do you, th- I get, how do you want to do this, Scott? Because we've got a lot to say about the film. Do you want to, <laughs> well, do you want can, to talk about talk the film about, first? We can talk about sort of what, what we feel the director was trying to say. And for me, it was, it was kind of, um, it, it was really clear what he was trying to say because <laughs> it kind of, it kind of, it got rammed down our throats. And I think that that's the problem with the movie there was no subtlety about it there was no subtlety about the way it was told and that is i think kylo even says it kill the past forget forget the past move on but no, <laughs> that, but that, that but, was it <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't i think that's the thing that yeah that was definitely the message of most of the film but then by the end yeah. it was to embrace it was to move on from the past it wasn't to kill it and forget it it was to evolve from this film was basically trying to say we cannot live in, we cannot just wallow in nostalgia. We need to move Star Wars on. Star Wars needs to evolve. It needs to become yeah, whatever how, it's going to become it, new. How was it going to do that though? How did but it exactly. Well, how, but this, this film wasn't there to give the answer. The same as Force Awakens wasn't there to say, yeah. Force Awakens was there to go, remember all that comfort food. Remember all that stuff you remember from New Hope. We're going to give it to you again, but we're going to give it to you bigger and better. And, and with the, latest graphics and all that whereas this was going okay brilliant here's what star wars was to us and means to us and we now need to evolve it and move beyond what star wars is to a new place which this is, film which is, is only fine, a, which is, yeah which, which is, is a good message but it like is. i just like i say it was it was not subtle or but what is subtle <laughs> star wars is not subtle star wars is not no no, very, no true true again this is a like i said it's a kids film for space wizards it's all right i, I agree with you i think it was some of the stuff is definitely smacked over you uh with a mallet but yeah this is this isn't a subtle art house film this is a big blockbuster it's there to be uh yeah it's not there to be subtle in some ways and i think even though it wasn't subtle, I think the right characters were doing the right things to evolve. You know, Kylo Ren, I like, you know, he, as always, he is the strongest character arc, not only of this film, but of the whole trilogy, the new trilogy. And Adam Driver is just, as, as always, incredible. So it's, he's given so much to do and you feel that conflict within him between, because this isn't, like we said, we love the grey, we don't want it to be, I don't like it when it's just good and evil versus, because that, that's what Star Wars was. That's great. But Star Wars needs to start going, well, what's this middle ground? You know, why are the good guys purely good? Same as what Rogue One was given us, that to in order to get to your goal, you need to do. But then, uh, um, then that's not a kid's movie. 
<laughs> but there, but there you go. I mean, that's that's the conf- another conflict of yeah. Star Wars. What do we want? What do we want? We can't have everything, and we definitely can't have everything. So that's sure. that's 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 the point, isn't it? If you're going to make a kids' movie about Star Wars, then make a kids' movie about Star Wars. Don't try and do something new <laughs> when you're making a kids' movie about Star Wars. You need to explore that grey area. It's going to be it's going to be more grown up. It's going to be more adult. Then do it in those. Do it in that that sort of format outside of this trilogy. Yeah, but then it would just stagnate. Then what is Star Wars going to become? Star Wars is just going to hit the same beats and be the same film. I don't, I don't quite know what people want then from these episodic ones, especially because I think there's. I don't kids think people fil- know either. No, and I think kids films were, you know, look at. I mean, God, Jaws was a PG when it came out, and all these. I, I'm not saying a kids film can't be deep and can't explore these. I just think they become. I, I watched Bumblebee uh, last night as well. <laughs> and my God, it's like films just become tick boxes and tropes. And the film was fine, but it was so kind of, she used to be a diver uh, and her dad died and her dad was the lot who supported her. So she can't dive anymore. And right at the end of the film, she needs to do a, we need to, manufacture a finale where she has to do a big dive spoilers to bumblebee off of something but it meant absolutely nothing it was purely like a tick box of character beats in order to just evolve to have this kind of this arbitrary character arc that doesn't need to be there i think people hollywood needs to move beyond this structure because it's just becoming dull, it's becoming formulaic, it's becoming boring, and Star Wars was, it, it's threatening to become that, it's threatening to become, we'll just do what we need to do, we'll become a Transformers movie, which let's be honest is either a confusing ball of shit that makes no sense, <laughs> or it's just very simple. And I, I, I agree with you, Scott, I don't know what, what that is, but films are allowed to be adult and childlike and childish and big meaning and themes and i think the last jedi even though it was as subtle as a brick had a idea of what it wanted to tell and do and it i think it did that i personally feel it did that successfully with each character for good or bad it, it had a plan yeah that's um, that's a good that's a good place to move into uh, characters actually i think rather yes. than i don't oh, there's a lot of there's a as with as with every star wars movie there's a lot of i could sit here and i could sort of talk about plot holes and irrelevant story arcs and stuff like that but let's talk about characters um characters for a bit because that's a that's a good moment to uh, to pick and move into that and the sort of the changes we saw in the very likable group of characters that were introduced in Force Awakens. We talked about that on the previous pod. And then what? So what's happened to them in this movie or what, what direction are they taken into? Um, I watched uh, I watched The Last Jedi with my wife this morning and she said, geez, Poe's a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> He does. He does. He turns from sort of a love, lovable, fly by the seat of your pants sort of rogue into he's 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 a proper ass in this movie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I think I mean the problem is as well like everybody can't be likable. Okay, and the problem with that formula again is that 
one of the things it's predicated on is conflict. There has to be each character has to have a conflict to either resolve or and the problem is so then you have to kind of either crowbar that into a character. Yeah, which has been crowbarred in here because he's not the same character he was in the previous movie. But then this was a guy that was supposed to be dead in the last movie. I think he didn't have, I would say, I would argue he didn't have a character in Force Awakens. In Force Awakens, he was an ace pilot. But what really was his character beyond that? Well, so, it doesn't really add anything to 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 his character, does it? It just sort of turns what was a quite a likable character into. A, sorry, I'm focusing. This is a very negative point of view from me, and this is no, the, no, no. Because no, this, this is about as negative as I'll get, really. Well, no, because again, he needs to. Again, they gave him an arc. His arc was he's an ass. He will sacrifice as many people as possible for the greater good, which is what he feels he needs to do. He needs to win the war. And by the end of it, he needs to become, Leia wants to make him into a leader and a leader needs to make the tough choices, which are tough choices are sometimes you can't, you cannot win. Yeah. You have to retreat. You have to, and yeah, again, subtlety is not this film's strong point. <laughs> so this, this, his arc is that he has to start by making a huge mistake and he has to end by uh, accepting that he, to lead, he has to fail. And that failure is that, that, that here's the big theme of the whole film let's be honest it's failure failure is what this film is about what kind of what empire was about yeah but empire did it so well yeah well i'd, and I'd argue this film did the same i think i think this film was successful in again it it is successful in telling that arc of a story whether you like that or not or whether it's not as subtle i guess as as empire but i i don't think empire was that subtle either i think it's I think we got all got rose tinted glasses for for the original trilogy, and I'm not saying Empire is. I don't know because we've watched we've watched Empire sort of fairly recently, and we both gave it glowing reviews and talked about how it wasn't just a great Star Wars movie, but was a great movie. Yeah, and it, and I think it 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 benefited from the fact that that, that was the second movie ever yeah. of Star Wars. We're now talking about the uh, well, I keep forgetting the eighth movie of this this ongoing yeah. sort of saga so it's so people difficult were, people to... were sort of worried that it was going to be after um after force awakens was such a sort of a almost a new hope clone i think people were were kind of worried the criticism that the movie got before it was even released or probably even made was that it was just going to be another empire strikes back wasn't it <laughs> well no i mean it, it's difficult to say uh you know this is a middle this is a middle movie Mm. i mean that that's um so i mean i've got a quote from ryan johnson here which is good to throw in here because we're talking about this he says you know this is the middle of a trilogy so not just the the eighth film but this is the supposedly it was the middle uh second film of this trilogy and he says especially when it's your job to make a good movie and making a good movie means drama and drama means throwing up roadblocks in the way of of, of the easy answers and the expectations. That means in some ways you're going to be butting up against your own instincts as a fan, uh, what you want. You have to defy wish fulfillment in order to f- tell a good story, especially to tell a good second act of a story, which is a middle chapter basically is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he's, he's, he's right. He's right. Um, but uh, then there's execution. You've got to execute that. 
Yeah, I, I, I just, I really don't have a problem with Poe. I, I just felt Poe was a blank slate. Poe was a bit, I thought, you, I, I prefer to make him a bit of a dick than this. Again, you can't make, likeable doesn't mean you have to be uh, just good at everything. I mean, he No, 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 but Solo is likeable, um, but clearly not good at everything. He is a, he's a character who has um, who has flaws, um, but remains like, like a lovable rogue throughout the entire trilogy. I guess I guess maybe they didn't want to make Poe another Han. Well, you can't. No, you no, you want to. Yeah, you that that was would have been the biggest mistake of, yeah. of all is to make each of these three characters. Yeah, just basically proxies for yeah. for those three characters. So what about? Um, so we move on to maybe Finn next. <laughs> I mean, Finn is probably the most uh, ill-served character of this, I think we said last week, of, of the trilogy. You know, he had such a strong kind of start and then such a strong kind of arc uh, in the first film and could have carried on here. But obviously, again, I guess it becomes about the theme rather than about the character. The character has to do, st- again, start in a certain place and end in another place uh, to, to have an arc. Yeah, and for Finn, we kind of go backwards a bit. And Finn is all about Ray. Finn is about saving his friend, protecting his friend. That's his kind of arc, I guess, in in this film. And he has to learn to fight for something bigger than just him and his friend, which is the rebellion, and it has become a rebel scum by the end of the film. Uh, it's difficult to say. I still love, you know, his character. I think he's still. You know, John Bodega does a good job with what he has, but I think probably out of all of them, this is the weakest story arc of the of the three. Yeah, it goes off on a bit of a tangent, doesn't it? Yeah, which is again, this is where again we don't have to get into kind of uh plot big plot holes of it, but obviously he I love I would have loved this film to have just been about the thing they set up. I think what they set up is kind of genius. And something we've never seen before, you know, this kind of very slow chase. But oh. but a ch- but this is something again. Let's let's fucking just break out of this Star Wars mentality of what we need to do. You've got this idea, okay, fine. You've got this fleet following. You know, they're running out of fuel. They only have a. But it's how you execute that, and it's how you kind of build the tension on the ships. How you build the tension between the characters in this situation and then as soon as you leave that situation you lessen the drama you have set up in the initial thing and then I think that's the problem as soon as you go to Canto Bight as soon as you even go to Ray you're you're kind of taken away from your central idea which which I feel, personally feel was just interesting because we haven't seen this before. I don't, I wanted to be shown something new, and as soon as we're shown something a new, very slow car crash, car tray chase with a car crash at the end of it in space. <laughs> yeah, but why not? Creepy, why? Yeah. But, but why do I? Yeah, but why is that a bad thing? I mean, it's why is that not an interesting thing to at least explore? Because you've got, like you say, you've got the conflicts on the rebel ship. You could have had a bit more. Co- you don't have any on the. On the Star Destroyers, but you could have built some more characters. A, on this there. is a children's movie, as we've already said. So, yeah, but what again? But what do you, then? Then that's my my question to you, Scott. Is then what did you want? What what? 
I don't, I, I, I struggle to sort of, as soon as something goes beyond what Star Wars or what we think Star Wars is, everybody kind of shuts down and, and, and it's, it's a kid's movie or it's a, it's too adult or it's, but I don't, I just don't get it. Cause I don't, I, I, I enjoyed being shown something different and new. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really see what was new about it, to be honest about, uh, so the, the rebel fleet is trying to escape from the first order and they're going to continue to run away until they run out of fuel. So they're desperately trying to come up with options about what, what can happen and what can't happen or whatever. Um, oh, we have to talk about Admiral Holdo as well uh, in a bit. But um, something we've never seen on the movie screen, but something that would have worked really, really well is, is something like the, the scenarios we used to have in X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which is the, the cruiser duel. So... Um, two cruisers facing off or even a fleet facing off against one rebel ship and the rebel ship has to destroy the interdictor which is what's stopping the um, stopping the rebels from jumping and escaping into hyperspace it would have worked equally as well if not better and given us some some star wars action as well rather than a very slow crawl across space no i think and i think um like we say, like uh, one of our favourite sci-fi films, uh, Ratha Khan, is such a great example of just two ships mm. just bashing into each other, just fighting off. So yeah, rather than having a fleet, you know, you've got Snoke's humongous Star Destroyer. These are slow, lumbering, moving things. But like you say, they're full of fighters. They're full of, it could have been more of a, a war of attrition yeah. as they sort of bash, bash against each other, which definitely would have been a bit more high drama, a bit more Star Warsy to have your space battle. But that, like I say, I think the actual idea, the idea of these two, I mean, again, let's forget there's a fleet of them, these two big ships kind of uh, trying to chase each other down. And the problem is obviously they're big lumbering ships. So the visual of that gets a bit lost. But if we, if the, like you say, Scott, if they'd turned on each other or if it was a bit more of a almost a world war ii battleships against each other kind of story yeah. which again there's a lot of there's a lot of great uh old ww2 uh movies about that just two ships just uh even, trying to even, uh, even like submarine duels uh, mm. in movies have been more exciting than what we got in in this <laughs> you know well again because the focus wasn't that because the focus had to be you had to have the Luke story, Luke and Ray storyline, and then you had to have. It's almost. I mean, I, I watched a few things. It's almost there's too many characters to juggle within this idea of everybody has to have a story arc, and in, in order to give everybody an arc, which I don't, I still fight against. That you don't necessarily have to have because it just gets in the way of your central story, and when your central story just becomes a framework to hang this stuff on that's when you've got a problem tell tell a more interesting story like you said make the tension and drama about the chase or about the battle not about everybody has to slip off the ship and do have their little mini adventures yeah because it, it just takes away the focus from that i mean and re-watching the film again i know people have huge problems with uh the canto bite stuff uh i don't Rewatching it again, I don't love it. It's it does what it needs to do, but it's it kind of just gets in the way. It slows everything down. Yeah, 
I think that's yeah, his, his biggest because that's, that's his biggest sin. I don't have a sin. I don't have a problem with. I think it tells a very good again the one percent thing. Again, very on the nose, very kind of not subtle, yeah. but it tells that kind of other side of of Star Wars that we don't get to see. But every time we cut to it, it just doesn't really it just doesn't really work as as far as building tension towards that cent again that central story that you're trying to that central tension you're trying to build yeah uh, and obviously we get introduced to two auxiliary characters that aren't our central characters but we can bring them in here which is rose and dj so we have these two yeah. character and rose probably again the most uh underserved character not in this film but obviously <laughs> coming up I don't know. It's a shame because I think Rose could have been a very interesting character to kind of explore. I don't know how you feel, Scott. Yeah, uh, Rose is lovely, isn't she? Um, she was like kind of, kind of what what we experienced in the first movie about someone coming on screen and being kind of instantly likable. Rose is Rose is like that for me. I um, she's um, it's um, it's a shame that the the sort of the the kind of Dive, dive, divergent sort of story that her and Finn go off on is 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 not a little bit more relevant. Um, that probably would have helped, but we learn. Well, I guess she she becomes again because of this story arc. She becomes a plot device rather than a yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, yeah. So I, I don't have a problem necessarily uh, with Rose or Rosie's character. Um, uh, her, she gets on well with Finn, and um, Finn gets on well with her. They kind of um you know spitball off each other quite well and um dj he's a he's an interesting character i it should benicio del toro in this role should be really awesome and a lot of it is but i don't know maybe maybe part of the genius of the guy is he's made the character quite irritating while simultaneously <laughs> being kind of cool as well i i don't know it's a, yeah, I mean, I, I always feel like the stutter thing, the kind Maybe of... Maybe a step too far. But... Yeah, the character ticks. I always feel like these are actor choices rather than... I don't know. I wasn't yeah. in the room. We're not there. But it always feels like, what if I had a stutter? What if my character yeah. had a limp? What if my character did that? And you always feel like, it's Benicio Del Toro. We'll let him do what he wants yeah. to do. <laughs> I mean, he's instantly... He's... For, for, considering he's a side character, he's one of the parts you come away from The Last Jedi remembering... For sure. Oh yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Job there, and and again, it shows um, it shows another part, another side of Star Wars that we've not really seen before. So, um, a code breaker, or in Star Wars kind of mythos that they call that slicing. You slice into a computer. Um, it's that's kind of cool that that was explored, and, and we've seen that before. And there are these individuals, both kind of James Bond like, as we see with the Master Code Breaker at the. Um, at the gambling table, but then also a more sort of nefarious underworld kind of character, um, which, which um, DJ is designed to be. Um, it's yeah, that, that I could, I can get behind that. That's he's, he's all right. He's kind of a cool character. He's, uh, I love the way he kind of just thieves, thieves a ship as well for them to escape on. He's, you know, doesn't have a care in the world. No, no, and he, and he obviously betrays them, but it, to him, it's not a betrayal. It's just, it's just life. It's just how he operates. I don't think he, yeah. he cares. He's kind of showing that you know, like he says himself, you know, don't join, you know, don't join the re rebellion, don't join the Kill first off. order. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kill the past. Kill the past. I agree. I, I have to say I 100% agree with that sentiment. But we will get to that. But there, as far as... I mean, I think what's weird is that I don't... I would have preferred it not to be Benicio Del Toro. And I guess this is as an ad, as a, as an adult viewer. I... It's the same as Samuel L. Jackson. It's the Samuel L. Jackson problem. Do you have these A-listers uh, or, you know, these very big actors in your mm. film? Because does that become distracting from Star Wars? Because is Star Wars bigger than an, an actor? Because most of these actors are kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're either they're unknowns or they're very, uh, they're, they're up and coming. So you stick a A-lister in there. It always feels a bit more like a cameo than a character. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, and there's, there's, um, I mean, he does, he does a fairly good job with it, doesn't he? Does, does he, does he, kind of, he sort of overshadows Rose and Finn a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the problem. That's the problem. It's, it's, just, it's the hand solo problem. It's kind of sucking the oxygen out of the room yeah. and taking, you know, these these two characters need to figure it out for themselves, and you kind of just thrust in a bit of a MacGuffin character, and then that MacGuffin character is a recognizable character. Then that recognizable character is got a stutter and has a tick and has a yeah. a, a fun way about him so you, it immediately draws your attention away from your, your two supposedly lead actors so yeah it's um I, I i agree there's there's almost there's for no reason there's too much going on in this movie i think there is too much going on uh, to give everybody their moment mm. and the problem with giving each other people their moment is that we've i think the one of the core sins i guess or pro- is that it splits up our are our likable trio and they kind of didn't they didn't do that in empire they kind of split into two groups but here we've basically got them in three different storylines and and that all right that gives them all an arc but it separates out our heroes and we have to introduce new characters to give them somebody to to have a foil and that's just more characters and more and it's like oh my god you know we're going to end up with with just too, too much going on and so so i think i i like where finn and rose's story ends up obviously they end up back on the cruiser you know all this ends up back on the uh the star destroyer snoke's star destroyer what is it called it's called something is it i don't know if you the, do you know what i can't remember i can't i can't remember the big the big fuck off star destroyer yeah it's kind of like a, a super super star destroyer isn't it it's a, yeah it's exactly. a much more triangular rather than sort of blade like yeah a big kind of triangular wedge of a, yeah, a star destroyer. so that, yeah. that's where Fuck-o. and i kind of I, I kind of like the fact that they end up you know, raised there as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like that there's separate... That Then I like that separate stuff going on within the same space that their story's coming to an end while raised is as well. They don't even know each other's there. It's, it's, it's again, if they focus just on that a bit more, it's a good third act kind of place to end. Every, I think the ending's really... that. Sorry, that ending, because <laughs> there is an extra ending, but that ending is strong because it probably has the best scene on it but we'll get to that because let's talk about let's talk about ray and i guess automatically when we talk about ray we'll talk about the most important i have thing. been looking forward to this exactly so <laughs> I, can make I'm to... I, be a, I feel like i'm being massively negative and it's it is purely <laughs> i still i still um this is still a star wars movie right um so 
I, I still, I still, there are elements of it I still really enjoy. I, I think it's, I think it's got some of the best stuff of the new trilogy, uh, and we'll get to those scenes or those moments. But I think some of the ideas that this film has uh, should carry on and should be evolved upon. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Ray. Uh, so Ray has gone off to obviously at the end of the film. We have the cliffhanger, literally on a cliff. So that's, that's uh, it. So the, the end of the Force Awakens leads us to this moment, like right to this moment. We see Ray holding out the lightsaber, and lo and behold, Luke Skywalker pulls down the hood of his Jedi robes. He's dressed like a Jedi Master. He's got the robotic hand, you know, or the cybernetic hand. Sorry, and he takes takes the lightsaber from Ray, and then the ultimate troll. <laughs> The ultimate troll moment. He throws it over his shoulder. So my feeling on this, right? So there's two starts to this movie. So you've got, yeah. we, we, we didn't really talk. I mean, again, I don't want to pull you away from this, Scott, because I know you're, no, you're desperate, but I'm we have the only really desperate. I no, no, no. I really but... want to talk about it. <laughs> which is I know, but it's, <laughs> it's important to, it's tone. So tone of this yeah. movie is interesting. So, the opening of this movie is really strong. Like the opening battle, I think is great. I don't know how you feel about it. The actual bombard they have yeah, a dreadnought. Yeah, yes and yes and no. There are things I really love about it, and that this is high. This is high octane, high action Star Wars. This is this is great. This is a this is an ace pilot seemingly taking on something called a first order dreadnought um, by him by himself uh, with his droid. It's um, it's awesome. There's a bit, there's a bit of jarring, there's a bit of jarring humor though that I. Well, that, that's what I wanted to talk about because that's the. I mean, it's weird. When I first saw this film again, uh, we had it at our cinema. I've seen this film way too many times. So, but I did get to see a preview of it before, and we sat down there and watched it. And it is oddly jarring. It is so they try and do the weird kind of. Um, uh, miscommunication mobile phone gag yeah uh, even ryan johnson says himself it was a big gamble and it was something he wanted to kind of throw in there because he knew he was going to some dark places he was going to do some odd stuff later on and he in his words he wanted to try and just show that this was also going to be it didn't work light, light and fun <laughs> i agree i don't think it works mainly because again it, it predicates on a modern problem and I don't think you should do, I mean, if you want, it, it's just too much about yeah. real life. It's very 2000 and whenever we are, 2000, uh, yeah. whenever this came out. It didn't need so, to happen. You, you, had, you had all the action set up and everything like that. And they did, to be honest, they didn't even really need to communicate with each other. Um, no, that was the weird thing. It could have just blasted. It could have just been like you say, oh, here's this idiot trying to face us down. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, he, and then he just blasts. Saying, that, little saying that, though, uh, the captain on the um, the captain oh, on the Dreadnought, I, he was quite cool, actually. I, I wanted to see more of him. <laughs> no, no, I, I love I love that kind of, he knows exactly what's going on. He's, you know, his, his, his lieutenants are kind of going, oh, we, we can, and he's like, no, he's clearing the way for the bombers. He knows yeah. he's, a, he's a hardened... You can tell he's um, a hardened kind yeah. of uh, Bom- bombers. You mentioned bombers. Mm. I love Star Wars for its starships, right? But they 
just there's a reason that bombs like in inverted commas in Star Wars before have always been like torpedoes with with rocket propulsion systems that launch through space and stuff like that. These bombers, as far as sort of space is concerned, don't really make much sense. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no, a I nice think sort of tense story moment for sure. So if you don't know too much. Well, no, because there shouldn't be, if you really thought about it, it's the, it's the firefly kind of, there, there shouldn't be any explosions, there shouldn't be any sound, no, no. you know, it's a fantasy, I, I again, for the drama yeah, of it. Yeah, this was just kind of a step too far with regards to that. Um, this It was interesting, once again, though, something new, we've not seen this kind of bomber before in, in Star Wars, and the payload was certainly, um, was certainly there. <laughs> No, and I and I like and I and it sets up. You know, we always have these pilots kind of dying fiery deaths that we never know. They're usually cameos by various uh, casting uh, by crew. Uh, you always see a, a familiar face in a cockpit blowing up. But this this actually gave us again. I mean, all right, it wasn't subtle, but you did give a shit about this person. Uh, who turns out to be Rose's sister trying to sacrifice herself basically to to fire off the payload I think it's you know it's I just I it's a a really nice well done sequence and does what it needs to do and and again all right the logistics and the the Star Warsiness of some of the stuff might not make sense but it's something I haven't quite seen before and I liked that about it I think it gave us the space battle I wanted you know, in in this you, film, because it is, it's, a, it's, you've never seen a starfighter facing down a larger a larger ship than itself. <laughs> oh, I've done that. I did that. I've did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that in X Wing versus no, but I, I not that moment, but just the kind of the I do like the bombers, and I do like this again. It's a it's kind of harking to the the rebellion. Everybody dies pretty much. I think most of those ships explode. In fact, all of them do. I think yeah. all those bombers thanks are gone. Poe. All thanks to Poe because he's a dick. <laughs> Poe's a dick in this, yeah. And I don't. That's that's just this opinion once again. Um, everyone's allowed an opinion, but I kind of I didn't want him to be. And I guess that's the crux of the problem with this movie, isn't it? I didn't. I didn't want Poe to be a dick, <laughs> but he is. I so know. we'll deal with it. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so we'll get back so yeah and, and obviously so tone so yeah so tone of that joke does not work I don't no. think that joke that gag the weird mother yeah. uh, it's your mum and there's there's a <laughs> there's a few examples of that aren't there in in the movie I mean because again Ryan Johnson is uh, you know maybe not in this film but he's a great <laughs> writer uh, and he is very funny and I think it's again it's probably too broad a gag to throw out right at the beginning of your film it's basically the first exchange of dialogue and shout out shout out to aid edmondson before we move on too much uh a good another good uh foil character to hux he does a great job as well he does I, i know definitely but i like but again i like his role it's very kind of uh you know the kind of eye rolling uh, <laughs> right hand man, he knows what's going on. All these, all these lieutenants, you know, they're led by idiots. Let's be honest. They're either led by psychopaths in Kylo Ren or led by Hux, who's let's be honest, is a complete fucking idiot. So yeah, uh, you can only you can only imagine you can only imagine what it's like to work on these things. Yeah, except for the captain on that dreadnought who unfortunately dies, but uh, he, he does. Knows he what does. He's about 
he should have been yeah he should have been uh our main bad guy he should have been hux <laughs> definitely uh hux seems a lot more pl- uh, he's losing a lot of blood i think he's a uh, very red-eyed and mad in yeah. this film <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he, really... he's obviously um he's obviously a, a bit of a psycho as well <laughs> but so so i will come to it and you're going to hate me for this scott because i think <laughs> i think it was you yeah you're gonna hate me i think it was genius to have him toss it away right you I hate know. it i know you hate it yeah you I... hate it but you hate it because of what the lightsaber means to luke i also right? hate it because um yeah well yeah i get i guess but um I don't, I don't know it just feels like a look there's a I acknowledge what he was trying to do, which is you never you never want to meet your heroes. That's the saying, right? You should never meet your heroes, which is kind of kind of what Ray's doing here. So <laughs> this is this is what they're they're trying to do here. They're trying to introduce or, or show a new, a different, and interesting side to Luke Skywalker. But once again, it's done with the subtlety of Sledgehammer which is all encapsulated by this one kind of thing. And if, if this was the, if this was the only thing, then maybe, maybe you could kind of forgive it and see it for what it is, but it just, uh, it, it, it's the ultimate troll moment for me. There's this sort of a couple of years worth of hype and expectation built up of, Oh, what's, what's Ray, what's going to happen when, when Luke takes this lightsaber from Ray and, and, and he just throws it over his shoulder and it's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It didn't make me, um, it certainly didn't make me angry or anything like that. Uh, you know, that's, that's too strong an emotion to assign to a, a movie, but it, it certainly, I think, confused me and bemused me maybe is the way to put it. So do you want to talk about Ray or do you want to talk about Luke or both together? Just because I feel like let's, I don't want to disservice Ray. Let's talk about both. Start, start okay. with Ray though. Um, yeah. Because I, I really like, I think Ray in this film, uh, again, I mean, it's, I, I like the evolution of her character. And I guess there is a confusion about how long she's been on the island for, because obviously we're presented with a scenario that's supposed to be taking place over a few hours. And then you have Ray kind of training for but we'll get it's the Dagobah I, I, paradox it's the Dagobah paradox exactly it's yeah. the same it's the same thing but um I don't know because I guess we've got to talk about Kylo as well Ray's story is about her connection with the force it's about her finding herself it's also about her connection very much with Kylo Ren yes. and like you said it's also about uh Light fan work yeah, and, and fan worship, like you say, and this idolization of someone she does not know and and this this search for, not a father figure, but a connection to anything, to something. She's been abandoned. She was on her own for years. She wants to find a family, I guess. Family is probably best. And she wants to know, A, who her family was, but also who's going to be my surrogate family? Is it going to be Luke? Is it going to be Kylo? Is it going to be Finn? Who, who am I? And she even says, I mean, again, subtlety isn't this film strong suit, but even she said, I want to find my place in all this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for me, it's yes, yes. I mean, deeper, obviously she, she kind of, the, the question is there and we can come to that as well about family and uh, legacy and all that jazz. But I think ultimately here, she, 
she's kind of scared by what's happening. This is my uh, take on it. She's kind of scared by what's happening and what's kind of emerging with with her and her use of the force, her skills and stuff like that. And what she sees in Luke is a potential um, to to remove that fear by through the medium of of, of training. Um, and um, I guess uh, um, I guess I'm really disappointed by Luke. <laughs> No, I mean, reaction to it all. I mean, there's there's reasons there. We are fed the reasons. There's re- there's a reason Luke has um, has reacted in the way that he has and retreated and and gone to this place and shut himself off from the force and all that jazz. Um, sorry, I've gone off Ray onto Luke, so mm-hmm. I need to get back onto Ray. But that's that's what she. That's to me. That's what this is. This is a this is a plea for help, not just from Ray. But also from Luke's sister, from Leia, she's she's she's. A, this is a plea for help, and I find it, you know, I find it quite hard to reconcile the way he reacted to both those things. But uh, yeah, that's why Ray is here. <laughs> no, and and she, I do again. I think the strongest, one of the strongest parts of this film is Ray, and I love. I have to say, of all the things I love in this movie, I love what they do with her. And I agree 100% what they did. And I am angry in the next... I'll be be you, Scott, in the next film because I don't like what they did with her because I think the message it sends in this film is important and moves Star Wars beyond Star Wars more so than all the stuff we're going to get into with Luke and all, oh, yeah. all that I stuff. Think I, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I'm going to say right now that it's not a new thing for Star Wars. In what, in what respect? Well, if we're going to sort of talk about the fact that <clears throat> you don't need to be a Skywalker or a Jedi to have ownership of the Force, that, that's, that's, not, that's not a new thing. No, 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 but it's a new thing to the general public. I don't. I, I agree with you that it's not like, oh, this is revolutionary and this is going to change everything. No, no, I think it's not. for this, but this film, but for fans and for everybody, wanted her, especially because as soon as you put that mystery box out there, and it was, you know, so JJ Bram is all about that, isn't it? Like, who's Ray Parents? She was abandoned. Who are her parents going to be? And that becomes this. It just becomes a fucking anchor and it's albatross around her her characters neck because then it becomes really important who her parents are and and it's not she is bigger than that she's better than that and she even proves that it's not about that who cares and the fact that they kind of say they're nobody you are nobody you're not part of this story you shouldn't even be here yet she insists on putting herself front and center she is more important than all that i think was a really good message and done really well in this film and then kind of backtracking on that in the next film I just think cheapens a really strong message whatever you think the message whether you think it's a good or bad message I think they kind of really nail it here and then they abandon it completely and I think that's a big shame personally I I I don't I don't know um I don't I don't necessarily think it's um I don't necessarily think it was a big deal for me to find out that Ray, or I say find out, to because 
it could have all been misdirection anyway that that Ray was no one or Ray's parents were no one like I say I'm like years and years and years of, of coming up with my own Jedi characters or um, force using characters or smugglers or bounty hunters reading about them in expanded universe fiction comics I'm kind of perfectly aware that you don't need to be a Skywalker or a Jedi or have epic parents to kind of use the force. It's, it's, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't really think it was necessary to do. But you, but, but you know that. And like you just said there, you, you are so in great, but this is to like a little, to a seven year old, to a seven year old kid or to a, you know, who who just has these films and they just have this knowledge of, The Skywalkers and the, and if you watch, if, if, the, if you're introduced to these movies, this goes back to um, this goes back to did did the original crew did you did any of the original cast need to be in the movies in the first place? Hmm. <laughs> that, that's the time to kind of make this sort of decision. Really, I mean, you've got you've got you've got Luke in this movie, so how how are you going to use him in 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 terms of of um, of Ray and and I think what what they were trying to do, like I said before, is you don't want to meet your heroes. So basically, for reasons we've made Luke rather than the benevolent Jedi Master like Yoda or Obi Wan that we've seen before, we're going to make him a curmudgeonly old hermit who sealed himself off from the Force and wants no more part in the in the galaxy at large for reasons. <laughs> for good, but for good reasons. Either what what's wrong with his reasons? Um, I don't. What What do you mean? What's wrong with his reasons? So basically, so from from the film again, I guess from we have this thirty years gap that we yeah. we will obviously be getting lots of expanded novels and yeah. fictions about. But so he tried to after Jedi. Uh, Han and Leia have a son. They have Ben, who's strong in the Force. Yeah, uh, Luke's probably going around doing good. I mean, again, I'm just filling in what we don't know. Uh, then he decides to set up a new Jedi Academy with Ben yeah. to train Ben in the ways of the Force. Also, these I guess it's another. I don't know how many people it is, but say fifty, fifty other people to form a new Jedi Order and to have a new temple and have a you know, because the Jedi are, I get, you know, he is the last Jedi, I guess, back in the day. Uh, him and Leia are kind of uh, the only force users that people know of, I guess. And again, this is a galaxy, like we were saying before about these things becoming legend and becoming myth in a galaxy sized idea. This is very small scale, isn't it? You know, you've got 50 people kind of yeah. schooled away uh somewhere to to become a new jedi order and obviously that all goes horribly wrong because of i'm guessing because of they say because of snoke it's all very kind of surface as to why Mm. ben is so powerful and also he's not evil at that point i guess he's just conflicted as he is in this film as he is as a character he doesn't know which way to go and luke i guess blames himself for not being strong enough or or wise enough to kind of guide his his nephew to to the, the path of the light i guess and and uh i don't know what happens after that whether that's a big enough catalyst for him to then say fuck it i'm off to, <laughs> to go live on an island yeah, somewhere that's just it. it doesn't 
It doesn't really. I mean, it, it is a tragedy, yeah, for sure. Um, but you can because I get how it would be. Um, you can see how like Obi Wan and Yoda kind of now Luke is not them. We know that, all right. Um, how they reacted to it. Yes, they went away. Yes, they hid. But it was always with the aim of trying to to carry on fighting in the only way they could but for luke this is this is such a this is such a sort of um hope sink it's like everything has just gone all of that luke skywalker fight all of that like luke skywalker optimism hope all of that goes and he's he, he even shuts himself off from the force and just kind of is waiting to die on this on this remote planet <laughs> so i guess i guess and i guess it's, the, the... it's, it's um once again i'm i'm not going to say it wasn't an interesting direction for luke because i certainly wasn't expecting it so it gave me something it gave me something different you know um but it just it it, it just again we I, I go back to this sledgehammer and it, it really is it just kind of just smacks you in the face <laughs> I guess my two things are one I think again if you take away if you take this movie as a, a singular thing it works for the arc of the movie and whether that's a good or a bad thing because like you say you've got to take Luke as a, a bigger character than just a yeah a, a wizard on a on an island and we're going to introduce this new curmudgeonly wizard who then redeems himself by the end because yeah. I think the arc Luke has uh, again, works within the frame of the film, and by the end of the film, he does become oh. or reinstates himself as the legend he should be and always will be, and has, be- you know, almost gone beyond what the Jedi are and can do by what he does in the end of the film. And I and I think out of all of the characters, the the original characters, and I, and I don't know if you agree with me, Scott, but I do think his sacrifice his death at the end is probably the most works the best out of all the original characters just because i think what he achieves in doing by doing what he does uh goes beyond luke and luke will then become this uh hope that that the films that all star wars films seem to be obsessed with giving kind of he kind of already was though wasn't he so in terms of story he's a beacon of hope we find out he's a bit of disappointment and then, Oh no, wait, he's a, he's a beacon of hope again. So it, it, I don't, I just don't see maybe, maybe, yeah. In terms of the story and, and, and the point of the movie and stuff like that, then used as a purely as a sort of a story device. Then, then. Well, no, but not just as a story. I mean, he's a you can't have a legend that just fades into the, you know, like the, the two death stars and all this. Yeah. You had it happen. But then if say, if King Arthur came back now, and did something now and then faded away, it reinstates this legendary figure as not just being, uh, you know, this thing that happened in the past and will it will slowly just be, fade into nothing. Luke is Luke will just turn up if if there if all hope is lo- lost, Luke will be there. Yeah. And I think to reinstate that is important and important for this new trilogy. Important for Star Wars going forward hopefully beyond these bloody characters <laughs> because let's just leave them behind but i think it would be important for him to reinstate his his importance uh within the star wars universe before dying 
And I think they did that. I personally, I just think they did that really well. Uh, but we, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's so on, 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 there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of bits. I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't mind the, the fact that he doesn't want to teach Ray and stuff like that. Initially, the fact that he doesn't want to help Leia, that bothers me. Um, you, you'd do anything for your sister, right? It doesn't matter what's happened. You, you'd, you would, you would go out into the galaxy again to help your sister in, in the most dire of circumstances it, it, it's it's so odd but anyway but no but the last time he helped but the last time he helped his sister he turned his her son to the dark side maybe he doesn't want to see her her one thing that she had is now evil is the is the biggest evil even in the if, galaxy yeah even if even if she's gonna die <laughs> but but he doesn't know that. Pretty, that's a big leap. That's a big leap to take. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right from uh, what what we know about Luke's character and what we've seen from Luke. In my opinion, it doesn't. It it doesn't feel right, and that's why it's so jarring. I think that that's the way to describe it with his character. But the fact that he is initially resistant to training Ray. There's, there's not really a problem with that. She kind of, with perseverance, like you say, and all credit to her, she kind of talks him around a little bit. But then, basically, Luke's decided he's not going to train Rey to be a Jedi. He's going to train her as to why the Jedi must end, which, uh, okay. But anyway, oh, here we go. So why, why but, but we've sort of discussed, I think when we talked about the prequels, uh, I think that sentiment, I don't, what, I think, I guess this is a kind of, let's treat the Jedi, it's a religion. It's almost like this Masonic kind of faith of the Force. And I think what Luke is trying to say is that the Force shouldn't be contained. It is, again, another message of the film of the Force is... Uh, more than the Jedi. Exactly. So, yeah. Once again, that is not a new thing. No, but once again, it doesn't. I think the, the 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 thing that people seem to sometimes do with this film is like the past is like kill the past is one of the complaints. Yeah, and also Luke wanted the Jedi to not exist anymore, and by the end of the film, he even says himself, "I'm not the like that." That isn't the film goes there, but then at the end of the film, it isn't that isn't the status quo. The status quo is that it's a handing. It's an evolution of the the Jedi need to evolve as Star Wars needs to evolve. And that's what it's trying to say. All right, it doesn't do it subtly. It doesn't do it. You can't just have the status quo going on and on. We don't have the First Order, which is just the Empire, the the Resistance, which is just a rebellion. It's like, this is just a, a, a machine. As they say in the film, it's just a churning of the same gears going over and over again. <laughs> and eventually those gears will just war and warp and become this dull, boring thing. And I don't think that's not... This is just beyond this film. And I think what they were... Ryan Johnson was trying to say with his film is that we can look beyond these tropes and these things and this stuff that we hold so dear. And sometimes in order to do that, you've got to slap a fan in the face and the fan being slapped in the face is like, what the fuck are you doing? That's, but, but I, but I love this character. What, why are you changing him to be? Yeah. I don't necessarily think you do need to slap, slap a fan in the face. Speaking as said fan who was slapped in the face. (laughs) I just don't, I just, I don't know what would have been more interesting or better for for. I know there's many ways you could have taken. 
I mean, the problem is you've got this massive cliffhanger and obviously there's a, a thousand ways you could have taken that. Uh, and I guess to make that character interesting, to make Luke interesting, let's be honest, is what what would you do if you just had him as a as a Yoda type character, pure good? And I think this is the Poe problem as well. It doesn't need to be pure good, like I say. You, you, Luke has never been pure good. Um, he's always been full of hope, enthusiasm, and optimism. He's never been pure. See, I, but I see. I always take see. I take an opposite thing, and then you're going to hate me for this. But I always take Luke as slightly self obsessed. No, no, he is. Think, he is. And I think, but that, but that, but then that draws into this character that the him kind of going, oh fuck it, I'm off, is just really feeds into that Luke's kind it of just does, but slightly self important too far, <laughs> like like it does, like it does. I, I think it just pushed it too far and too, uh, too, 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 too hard. That sounds a bit like a like an innuendo, <laughs> but it, yeah. He just took it a little bit too far. Like the blue milk scene, once again, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Again, again, probably just a bit, yeah, I don't, I don't quite jarring. think it means that. Yeah. But, um, but talking while we're kind of on the island, I love the Kylo Ray stuff, I have to say. Yeah, the connection. What's your thing? It's, um, it's very cool. Um, and like you say, it's something new in terms of um, Star Wars movies and stuff like that. I I think I feel like whilst creating something awesome, they almost kind of whether Snoke is telling the truth or not by by kind of explaining it away of saying, oh, you know, the bond between you two, I, I actually facilitate that. I I think that's 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 a bit of a shame. That they no it is and it kind of i don't know it's weird that they kind of throw that in there and, yeah. I, and I think it, it's not true as well because they do it at the end when snoke's dead so they when she's on the millennium falcon and he's in the base they connect again and see each other again so that's obviously bullshit in some ways from snoke but yeah it's a shame to kind of it just feels like in my mind it just feels like a natural evolution of the force right it doesn't why does it have to be impossible it was like well that that just seems you know the way they do it the visual yeah the, the kind of the audio tick of it, it was all going silent and echoey and and he can see her but she can't see the, i don't know I, I really like how they they build and build on it yeah until they, until they kind of actually can physically connect over the 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 universe over the galaxy and then obviously that's used again with luke i think luke almost uses the same or, or, or an ad, ad, adaptation of the same power yeah to do what he does at the end well that's um it, i mean another theme of the movie that they seem to be sort of trying to get across is is um is okay is, is balance between light and dark right so you know we kind of talk about how star wars needs to move on something new and stuff um but another another sort of core theme of this movie is that when darkness rises or when darkness is at its height, the light will rise to meet it. Or when the light rises, the darkness will rise to meet it. That's one of the sort of core kind of principles of Star Wars and why we always have 
light side versus dark side, Jedi versus Sith, good versus evil, and it and it happens in a cycle over and over and over again. That that is kind of one of one of the cruxes of of Star Wars, and they, you know, so it's it's a it's a strange movie because it kind of preaches, like you say, it wants it wants new things. It thinks Star Wars should move on, and yet it also kind of harnesses one of the very with Kylo and with Ray, one of the very core principles of of you know. Well, no, but uh, yeah, because I think Star well, Wars uh, universe throughout the ages. So. No, but I'll argue back that this film was, like you say, it's a middle film. It was probably up to the last film to explore and build upon what this film laid out. I mean, I think I think with Kylo and Ray, I do love their relationship. I think they are. A, they're, I guess they're trying to turn each other. We each think that there's conflict in the other, that they can either turn to the light or to the dark and la, 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 la. Uh, you know, that it's, the, it's your standard kind of thing of there's good in him and there's evil in her or whatever. Uh, and we will, you know, but maybe there is something beyond that. There is a connection almost. It feels like there is a connection between them. And again, like we were saying about Poe and, uh, and Finn, there's chemistry there, I think, between yeah. uh, Kylo Ren and Rey. There's definitely a connection beyond just the character thing. There's definitely, and, and whether that is, uh, you know, love or whatever like that, it does, it's not. There, there, there's there's chemistry between those two characters. I think sometimes that chemistry gets misconstrued as, oh, it has to be a, a sexual tension because they're a, a male and a female or male or whatever. There is definitely a connection between those two characters that goes beyond uh, the force and all that kind of stuff, which is which is great. And it really plays out. I don't know. There's just something really nice about those scenes. That's when the comedy kind of works a bit. I like the kind of lighter moments in those moments. But uh, I don't know. I just think that evolution of their connection and hopefully some sort of evolution of what the force can be and do could have been explored in the next film. It's too much, you know, this film tries to do too much and crams too much in as far as that goes to then also say, we're now going to give you the new status quo by the end of this film. I think that's what Rise of Skywalker or whatever the next film would have been at the time. I think it would have been Jewel of the Fates uh, at the time. <laughs> Again, the very p- poorly planned trilogy. Uh it should have yeah laid the groundworks for that then to go okay this is now what we're going to do with that and and obviously as we'll talk about later they go in a different direction um but so i i guess what would be good to talk about from <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to move us on beyond this because obviously we can yeah i think both of us don't quite agree on it and i don't think we're going to change each other's minds on that i guess what beyond so you've got the cave and you've got a very similar Dagobah kind of setup I guess you've got they are kind of touching on elements of the Yoda stuff with Luke uh you have the dark cave again like you were saying about the balance you know for for Jedi this is basically the original Jedi temple isn't it I guess yeah that is found and obviously to counterbalance that you have to have a place of great darkness which is this weird uh covered in seaweed watery cave watery cave where ray goes down i mean i guess this we've already touched upon this this is where ray has her epiphany i guess 
uh, about her origins or about herself. Uh, do you have any opinions or feelings on this, Scott? Uh, no, not no, not, not really. <laughs> it's all right, actually. It's you know, like you say, within the the sort of confines of the movie and the story, it's trying to tell that um, Ray is her own. Ray is her own person. She doesn't need to be. She doesn't need to be anyone else than who she is. Yeah, and I think it's a like yeah, a great visual uh, moment. Very kind of. Uh, Lynchian I think people have said but yeah I do I really love that kind of shadowy figures coalescing into one figure and then that one figure is right so I mean it's again you know it's it's not very subtle it's very kind of on the nose of visually but it it gives you all the information you kind of need and I think Luke's uh obviously taken aback by this because she doesn't resist even going in which I guess he didn't either (laughs) you should see himself he was exactly the same. He took his blaster in there, you idiot. Um, <laughs> but it's a shame. Yeah, I guess there's a shame there's not more of an, uh, a kind of seeing himself in Ray with, with Luke. I think there does seem to be that. Yeah, uh, yeah well, that's, uh, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, he, he would. I feel like he would have trained her, even if only to sort of. I suppose then there's the whole Kylo argument about he's tried, he's tried that. So he's, he's well, especially when he's seeing happening with Ray, but she's going to learn anyway. <laughs> well, especially as she he sees that she is again, I guess, incredibly powerful beyond him. Yeah. Uh, and beyond. Uh, yeah. And he thought we could control that before and he didn't control it before, but like I say, I guess turning away from that, because, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know whether this is a good point to bring up the three versions of what happened. So I guess this is the crux of Luke's character, I guess, within this film and uh, without having that 30 years of history uh, to actually know why why is Luke, Luke, why is Luke like this? Why has he become like this? Yeah. Why is he, su- why is he sucking green milk? Um, <laughs> Blue milk. Blue milk, is it blue? Oh, well, I guess that. Oh, yes, because he loves blue milk, doesn't he? He, he loves blue, love milk. blue milk. He loves it so much. He'll suck it, it from the down te- his beard. He'll suck it from the teat. Young, prospective Jedi girl. He should have he just been sucking from the teat of that <laughs> creature. Just looking at just locking eyes with Ray he as he sucked well on the teat. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so there, there's basically three we see three different versions of what happens in a jedi well the night the jedi temple was destroyed so we get luke's uh perspective kylo's perspective and then i guess the truth in the middle again i guess it's harking back to that like you were saying scott about uh, the, the, the truth i guess lies somewhere in the middle and this is obviously i mean it's interesting i guess it's interesting because Kylo's got this. Luke tried to murder me in my sleep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you've got him. I love that kind of evil Luke. That kind of flashback we have where <laughs> you know, Luke is just over him with his lightsaber, about to murder him. Uh, and then you get to see a kind of uh, yeah, because we we do get three versions, don't we? I'm trying to remember yeah, where Luke we see tells, Luke tells a version, which is basically that. Uh, Kylo Ren betrayed him and burned down, the, murdered his students, burned down the Jedi Temple, and we see Luke sort of bereft after that. Then we get the version from Kylo, which is no, no, no. 
Luke <laughs> came and tried to murder me because he was afraid of me. And so then I uh, I burned down his Jedi temple and murdered the other student. <laughs> That's how it happened. But then we get a more sort of when Ray confronts Luke with this, Luke expands mm. a little bit more upon, from his point of view. So he admits that he was afraid of Kylo and where Kylo was going. He could sense the darkness in him. And he went there to confront Ben and perhaps even kill Ben. He activated his lightsaber and then he got, he says, I got a grip of myself and realized what, you know, what am I doing? But it's too late. Ben's seen him. Uh, He reacts uh, in self-defense and basically Luke by this action chases Kylo into the waiting arms of Snoke. Um, That's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, again, because this is, a visual shorthand and a kind of quick way of just telling this past. Uh, I kind of, I, I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I kind of like that three different, I don't know. Everybody has their own versions of things that happened to you in the past. Yeah. It's always, you always ch- twist it slightly to fit your own narrative. We'll find a great deal depends on our, on our, on our points of view. Exactly. That's what we should have said. Fucking Obi Wan should turn up. It is the truth from a certain point of view. Oh fuck off, Obi Wan. <laughs> uh, and also, we get to see on the island, and you could probably expand upon this because I've never, yeah, really. It is the book of the book of the wills or book of the 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 kind of Jedi texts? Yes, yes. One, it's sort of fairly fairly kind of new new thing, really. Uh, mm. I, I mean, Jedi Jedi texts. I, I guess they exist. Were they were they the original ones? Who knows? The Jedi have existed longer than the, the Republic has, and that's been around. Well, had been around for ten thousand years. So you know, I'm sure there were more than one set of copies of this. Was this even the original Jedi Temple? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's certainly it's old. Um, there's a lot of teachings that have been set down in these books. Um, mm. Luke, I guess, has come here and found this place. And rather than sort of contemplating and deciding to go back out in the galaxy at large, just kind of shut himself down here. And he's waiting to die. The last Jedi returning to what he sees is the birthplace of the Jedi um, to, to end. So <laughs> it's, it's so optimistic, isn't it? This story, Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it as he hangs himself from the oh tree. My um, <laughs> that's what she should have turned it's up part, and just found. Which is part of the problem. His... <laughs> um, uh, before, I guess, before I touch on the other cameo, I guess, I guess my question I want to ask you just because what, it's difficult to answer because yeah. what would you have wanted? I want to know because I, I feel like I always feel hurt for you because I feel like <laughs> I don't I don't I don't feel as connected to Luke as you do. I, I always found him a bit whiny. He done he did yeah, his thing. Yeah. And so what they did to Luke in this is like, oh yeah, fine. Um but obviously you were I know, you know, from 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 talking to you when this film came out, you know, and obviously we'll talk about a bit about it probably at the end, about how you kind of shut you know just turned away from star wars because of this so that's really interesting to me but 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 what would you have ideally wanted 
what 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 do you feel they could have done to to Luke on the island or what 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 would have worked for you i i guess i guess i <laughs> i guess i had it in my head that luke would so, and this is part of the problem isn't it because people have expectations no, i certainly did from this point of view i i for, for me luke was going to find himself um that's that's what he was doing he he had this this great catastrophe happened um and he was going to find himself he was going to try and center himself um and then when ray when ray turned up he was going to um yes i guess initially be resistant because you know a lot of teachers a lot of teachers are and of course he's going to be reluctant to try and do to to do what he's failed to do before but ultimately i guess I would have liked to see more of Luke out and about in the galaxy being Luke. Because this is this is this is the first time we've got to see this character for years and years and years. And I I wanted to see him out and about in there. Kind of like you said he got an awesome finale, and that finale was really cool and beautifully shot. I wanted I wanted more of that. Now there is a danger, of course, as we've said before with Han Solo, that this wouldn't have been the Last Jedi. This may have well have been called the Luke Skywalker show because that's what it would have been, I guess. <laughs> but maybe he's such a big character. Maybe that is what it needed to hand the torch over. And I, I, I kind of I had it in my head that. Kylo was going to kill him either in this movie or in the next movie. And that's, that's kind of when Ray comes into her own, but, but this is my, (laughs) (laughs) this is my, this was, this was my sort of predetermined sort of expectations. Um, And it wasn't the fact that I didn't get that, that um, kind of up, I'll say upset me. It was, it was the degree of, of the, degradation of sort of luke and um i just yeah yeah you never meet your heroes as they say i mean there we go <laughs> there will sometimes be a bit of disappointment and uh wow but yeah that's that's what it would have been for me i, I would have liked to have seen him out and about with ray and with his sister with the resistance yeah no but while while we're talking about the i guess we kind of brought it up and you brought it up about the finale about what he does yeah. at the end and i and i agree i think it's a it's a it's a difficult balance the more you have the lesser the lessons when you actually do see him do stuff and i guess yeah. what they wanted to do here in this film in particular was have that moment and it is watching it back again uh, a couple of nights ago the the crate stuff is visually beautiful i mean such an amazing idea to have this salt planet that when you kick up the salt it has this red yeah underneath it just gives you that visual kind of uh, new kind of hoth battle kind of feel to it but different uh you've got a, a cameo by gareth edwards i don't know if you've noticed scott the director yeah. the director of rogue one is in there yeah. <laughs> uh but i and i kind of like the lumbering uh, the new attacks that they have that are kind of uh, almost gorilla-like. They're kind of claws. Yeah, they're or the, cool. The feet are kind of... Uh, the, the, the feet, it, 
this film is beautiful. I think mean, that whole sequence is beautiful, yeah. and then it kind of leads towards this face-off, the face-off we wanted, which is between Kylo Ren and Luke. And, and the whole build to this, again, this is where it's almost like a second ending. We've had the kind of, we'll get to Holdor uh, up in space, and then they kind of flee to the planet and this is the last ditch attempt to kind of the last of the, yeah. of the resistance. Um, and visually, I just think it's, it's, it's so beautiful to watch and look at. And then the actual, when Luke turns up in the base, he has his moment with Leia. Yeah. Finally have beautiful him. moment. It'd be nice if it had happened earlier. But again, I just think this is the right balance of these characters because you have the hand solo problem of force awakens. As soon as you give over the keys to the film, almost to these characters, they will, they will take over because we love them and, and we want them to. Yeah. yeah. We want I, to I do agree, mate, but even just by having Luke in and Leia in the movie, they're already dominating it just by having them in the movie. So there, there is no balance to be struck really. Well, no, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I think that's the problem with this trilogy at large. And I think that that's a problem is it's grappled with itself. And and yeah, like you said, I don't think it was successful in balancing that out. But the the moment it gives Luke in this and the reason he's doing it, not only the reason he's doing it on the planet to give them, buy them time to escape, but also, like we said, to to lay the seeds of hope. You know, the rebellion is not coming. The rebellion is dead. Mm. The resistance is dead. They put out a signal. Nobody's there. Nobody's responding. Nobody gives a shit. They need to give a shit again. That's symbol. <laughs> but, but that's the point. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the film, that no matter... No one gives this, a shit. <laughs> no, no, no gives a shit. I'm joking. I'm joking. But this idea that this... Again, we're talking about a galaxy, that this small band of rebels, like a resistance means we're going to win you know we're we're the good guys therefore we got good on our side and like you said the galactic empire maybe that works for some of these planets maybe we don't see the whatever the fuck the 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 economy system of the star wars galaxy is but you need a ruling force yeah what is that ruling force no matter what that ruling force is it's going to have corruption it's going to have bad it's going to have good whatever so the idea that this rebellion this resistance just the fact that they fight for the good therefore everybody's going to be on our side uh is is the kind of the tone of the film the the film is that this hope that they tried to instill in blowing up the death star in everything it's just slowly dwindling and and, and, but that's the but 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 this is the point of these films is then to then build on that right the next film should be building on that you can't have this enormous victory at the end of your second film because you're going to have to have a finale so you've got yeah. a it's the it's a standard structure of kind of this sort of stuff that all hope is all back, hope is all back. hope is lost sorry talking over you going back to empire though right mm. the the theme of that movie was defeat but survival yes. and yet it still felt so hopeful and optimistic even even at its darkest so why doesn't the end of this film fill you with that same feeling? It's not it's not really just the end of the movie, mate. It's the it's the it's the whole the whole thing. <laughs> it's the whole thing, uh, how it's handled the way through and it's not just it's not just Luke. It's the 
you know, it, 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 it just it just sucked out my soul <laughs> as, as I went through the movie. Yes, the the finale, the battle at Crate is beautiful. Um, the resistance does escape, and we get a lovely scene with Luke and Leia and the resistance. The remaining members of the resistance going, "Wow, it's Luke Skywalker. Luke's here, and he's he's he appears as a much sort of younger Luke." Um, with his vision and comes out to confront and once again it's it's quite an epic confrontation um, between him and Kylo Um, the stuff with the whole first order blasting the crap out of Luke and then him just sort of dusting his you know dust off his shoulder is cool Um, the confrontation with Kylo is fine the resistance the rest of the resistance escape while he's having this showdown with Kylo. Ray turns up on the Falcon. Um, she lifts up loads of rocks so that they can escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they escape. So the resistance is damaged, but it's it's still there. Uh, they survive. There we go. Well done. I think what we, we, we've skipped over as well, I think. Yeah. I jump into the scene. We have skipped over probably the best bit of the film, which is the Ray Kylo Snoke sort of confrontation uh, and the the fight in the throne room. I guess is a throne yeah, room. Yeah, it's really spectacular, room. isn't it? It's um, those reds, and um, then you've got Kylo all dressed in black and uh, Snoke in gold, and Ray in. She has a fantastic. Um, she has a fantastic look in this movie. This sort of it's it screams it screams Jedi, uh, you know, and mm. harkens back in my in my eyes to um, to sort of that look Qui Gon had almost with those with that sort of great sort of long long hair and uh, yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, and and again, I mean, subtlety isn't this film's strong suit, but I do like. I mean, obviously, Snoke's death was. For some people, out of the blue, and I guess it was going to be its kind of big fuck you moment to the kind of uh, this isn't the big bad kind of thing. But I do the moment of kind of, uh, I guess, clouding his own mind by doing the thing that he's doing uh, to Ray to kill Snoke. Yeah, it's clever. It's it's clever. Yeah, uh, and nice, and and just so I, I love the kind of when Ray puts her hand up, you know, when he kind of gives her the lightsaber after cutting Snoke in half. Um, and then that sort of leads into the really gorgeous long shot of them teaming up and kind of battling the, the guys in red. Yeah. The sort of cannon fodder, cannon fodder guys who just turn up with some martial arts skills, which is always handy for a good fight scene. Yeah. Uh, I know. I just, I, yeah, I, I really love that sequence but I, I feel in your voice that you don't, Scott. No, I do love that sequence. I do, I do. This just sums up how I feel about the whole movie, though. I find it quite I find it quite difficult. People can probably tell, and I do apologise, but I find it quite difficult to sit here and talk about it, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of that enthusiasm I usually have for Star Wars just, um, just kind of is drained out of me when I see this movie, <laughs> but which is a shame because there are, there are really cool elements to it, as you've said, and it is a beautiful movie. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The fight scene is great and the choreography is great. 
Um, and there's a, there's another big bit as well, isn't there? Which is um, when they when Ray really she realizes she can't turn Kylo, or Kylo hasn't turned. What he's actually doing is seizing power for himself. And then Kylo, of course, realizes that he he can't turn Ray at the time, and they have like a force off, and they um, <laughs> and they uh, kill kill the lightsaber. They tear it in half. Well, and I think. And again, I, I know you have a problem with it, Scott, but I do really like... I don't really have a problem with this. It's No, 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 no. But I like the dialogue before that where he says to her, when, when he's telling her about her parents... Uh, yeah, I don't really have a problem with that either. Like, no, no, but, but, I, but it's a great bit of the idea that you've got no place in this story, but you're yeah. nobody, but you are somebody to me. Yes. And then he, But when he puts his hand out, there's a great moment where he says, join me. And that's very similar, obviously, to Darth Vader. But then he just says, please. And the way he says, please, and again, the kind of Adam Driver fantasticness of Adam Driver, is that you could just feel this. If she doesn't join him, he he knows he's going to, you know, this is all going to go to shit. This is just his dark, the dark side would just overtake. It almost is that moment he wants her to join him, not because they want to be the ultimate evil in the galaxy yes he wants to control the galaxy he wants to control all this stuff but it does feel like he wants the balance he does want that he wants ray to be there by his side because he knows on his own he will just go into that pit of evil uh evil evilness so it it's i it would it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if she did join him as to what that would have looked like and I, again i don't think story-wise that would have worked or yeah. in the first but it would have been you know I'm not, i didn't feel like join me to be let's just be evil together and murder everyone it felt like i need you to balance out me uh and that is like you said scott about that's what yeah. kind of the the force is all about yeah. but then yeah i um, I, agree, I agree with you on on one point like um a bit um the, the character Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, I, I, I mean, he's a really intriguing character and it would have been really cool to see more of Ben, like Ben, Ben as in Ben Solo, a, a mm. fallout from this. You kind of almost, he's done too much. He's yes. done too much bad to, <laughs> to continue on and remain sane, kind of like Anakin, really. If you're going to redeem him, He's 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 kind of almost got to die, but I don't know. But it would have been really interesting. It would have been really interesting to see because I think Adam Driver could have pulled that off from what mm. we've seen. It would have been really interesting to see him redeemed Turn. and mm. it'll just be a slower process. A, sl- a slower process, I think, yeah. a slower redemption. Because I think sometimes, even in in Jedi, uh, Return of Jedi. Yeah. You know, it does. It's just like a, it's a flip of a switch. Yes. Whereas, it would have been like you said, he's done too. He can't be good because he's done too much bad. Yeah. But what does that look like? How do you? Yeah. What is what does redemption look like for somebody who's gone that far over the line? Yeah. I mean, can you ever do it? And probably not. But it would have been fucking interesting to see Adam would Driver would have. Try was, to do that. It was something. Um, Sorry, expanded universe stuff. A character called Kip Kip Duran, who mm. was one of Luke's students at um, at Luke's Jedi Praxium, his Jedi Academy that he set up. Now, uh, Kip 
Kip turns to the, the the dark side and he does some pretty pretty awful stuff. But he has a um, he has a redemption. Die. Like I, I'm going so far as here, he steals a, an imperial super weapon called the Sun Crusher, which is mm. like a fighter star, uh, sized craft, and it it can launch uh, these sort of specialized torpedoes into a sun, and it will essentially destroy the solar system. <laughs> it's uh, Star Wars, all about super weapons, right? Um, <laughs> Always. Anyway, sort of longer term and, and over a sequence of novels, Kip is redeemed by Luke and the other Jedi students. And there is, there is, there is a lot of cool stuff about how, how the galaxy at large it reacts to someone who's done this much evil, but is being given a second chance by Luke and the other Jedi. And, um, you know, how he lives with that and how he comes to reconcile that. And, uh, it's, uh, it would have been, very cool i think to see that yeah yeah no definitely definitely because i think i i always feel like i don't want to force you to talk about this more (laughs) (laughs) but i just want to before kind of (laughs) just wrapping up by talking about i really do want to talk about why why that makes you feel the way you feel about it because i find that really fascinating (laughs) what's what's that what the movie yeah, but not but 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 before we get to that, just because I don't want to leave uh, no whole door unopened. Uh, hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh, I feel like we I feel like we should talk about her because we obviously about we, Leah either as well, no, mate. Just to... no. So let's talk about both of them because they they're very intrinsically connected. Because I feel like this was like everybody has said, this was the opportunity they had to give Carrie Fisher the proper exit. That yeah. Anyway, if, if they wanted to do it in this film this was the way to do it yeah but they they didn't uh and said yeah let's talk about leia and ultimately about holdor hold hold is it holdor i keep getting mixed up with game of thrones hold on hold on okay hold the door hold the door hold the door um but yeah so leia how how's how do you think leia fares in in your favorite film (laughs) (laughs) well she's um she's she's a general she's a general um and she's being a general um and she's the only one who it seems can rain Poe in. So when, um, when, when we, when, wow, she, she reaches out to Kylo. That's another very important Kylo moment, actually, that we haven't mentioned, isn't it? Is mm. he has the opportunity to kill his mother, but he yes. chooses not to. He takes mm. his fingers away from the trigger and it's his co-pilots or other Imperial pilots that do the job and blast the bridge, killing Oh my god! I'd forgotten about this. I oh, that's true. We got to talk pretty about pretty much every every peripheral character from the original trilogy that is including this movie, including the namesake <gasps> of our show, Admiral Akbar. Oh. One moment, it just the scythe scythe through the the old guard in in the space of one one sort of vacuum. <laughs> Uh, I wish, yeah, I wish we could have, yeah, at least seen like um, the fire in Akbar's eyes or something. Because he just, he's kind of just sitting there. You don't even, no. he gets acknowledged later on in the film, but you don't even see his death. No. He kind of just gets, yeah, it's a shame he didn't yeah, get a, yeah. a little moment. It's, um, so, yeah, what well, I've lost oh. of what we were talking about was a kind of princess layer. She uses the force to uh, come back on board um, 
the ship, which is pretty badass, but it's very Disneyfied, uh, I guess. But then this is a Disney movie, so what yeah, I don't, I don't ever. Every time I've watched that, I know loads, so many people have a problem with this scene, and I think it's we've never seen her use the force. Yeah, in a film, I, I wish we'd seen more of it. Hmm. And I think I don't know how much of a force. I know we get to see a bit of it in the next film, but we'll get to that. But yeah, we don't know how much of a force user she is, or is capable of doing, or trained, or yeah. So it's nice to see her use it. I don't have a, no. I don't have a huge problem with this scene. I mean, it, it, it just it again, it does what it needs to do. A, it puts her out of the picture for the rest of the film. Uh, yeah, for most most of the film. But uh, but I I, yeah, I I don't have a problem with it. I don't know why people. Yeah, it's a bit Mary Poppins, I guess, which people yeah. say. Yeah, a little, ah, a little bit, fine. a little bit. It, I mean, she could have done it to save Agatha. She could have. She, she they could have just done it in a different way, maybe the force. But anyway, mm. it, it's pretty badass being blown out into space, but then rescued herself <laughs> using the force. It's pretty cool. It's it's kind of widely accepted that she could have been or perhaps even is as powerful as as Luke just mm. without she she didn't finish or maybe she did because she did construct a lightsaber. So um you know mm. maybe she did finish her chaining. Even they went into a little bit about it in in the expanded oh thank you expanded universe you're my savior <laughs> I can get enthusiastic about <laughs> But they went in a little bit. She, she always chose not to pursue. She she acknowledged that it was something that she could have done. It just wasn't ultimately what Leia was about. Leia was about larger, larger things, uh, about leading, uh, about generalship, about leadership, following in the footsteps of her mother and her adoptive father, Bail Organa uh, and passing out on those ideals that she learned on Alderaan and um, yeah and it's um, it's uh, it's very it's very political certainly from a from it but she 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 does have she does have or rudimentary training at least but in in this it seems like she's built her own lightsaber so to me that that kind of speaks to the fact that she's pretty much a Jedi Knight in. in in that sort of traditional sense. So, um, yeah, cool. Do they, so she goes unconscious, uh, Poe goes nuts. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of, I know just as a, as a note, there's a lot of Billy Lord in this film as well, a lot more than, uh, which is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Who's the kind of, she's got the layer, layer buns. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I hope they use, I hope they give her more roles mm, moving forward. It would be really cool to, to have, um, you know, if, uh, have a still involved in Star Wars? I, I really no, to do that. Definitely. No, definitely, definitely. But yeah, this this brings on uh, a chain of command thing uh, that I think there is a glint of hope in the the bastard that is Poe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the the scene uh, where uh, they're basically handing over control of the fleet to someone. I think he does feel like it's going to be him, but no. It is this new character we've never seen before uh, in the shape of Laura Dern, who is, an, again, an incredible actress and another name. I don't know, a bit odd. I don't know whether this is another Benicio Del Toro kind of thing. Uh, here's Laura Dern uh, as a general, another general yeah. on another ship. I think it's takes quite over. cool um, that they present a 
a um I don't it, how how do I say this? I present they present someone you wouldn't who you look at you don't immediately Trust, think hmm. general doesn't scream general hmm. but who is quite clearly supposed to be a you know a tactical genius and and a captain I, and that's quite cool that's moving outside of like a traditional sort of trope which is which is great um the, the question i think and a, and a lot of i guess there's a lot of this out there is does the <laughs> character need to be in the movie <laughs> <laughs> no it's basically a, a layer replacement yeah. uh it just becomes a foil for poe to to butt heads with yeah. some that she doesn't tell him the plan and i guess i i kind of you know there's a lot of complaints about why didn't she just tell him what she's planning yeah. to do uh but i guess you don't tell a grunt what your the general doesn't tell the soldier what's going on and i don't know it's it's difficult because yeah i think that there, there is some problems with this this kind of arc of, maybe of maybe that. in the empire uh, uh, maybe in the first order, but this is the the rebellion and the resistance we're talking about here. I mean, this is where I think what they should have done. I mean, again, what they should have done. <laughs> it's not my film, but uh, what would have been nice is to because at first they kind of solve the problem of how they're tracking them through hyperspace pretty quick. They kind of figure out it's yeah. this thing, this MacGuffin, yeah. as always that they got to get to and and get out. Whereas it could have been a spy, right? It could have been yeah. one of the distance. And that so she doesn't trust then. So she does, she's not going to tell him the plan because she doesn't know who to trust. Uh, there you go. Just do that. Then, then yes, you can have your MacGuffin later on, but initially nobody trusts anybody on that ship because yeah. they think we're getting tracked. How are we getting tracked? It must be one of us. That's what Ag- Agbar could have said. It's a track. Uh... It's a track. <laughs> <laughs> exactly please it would have been great or even just as yeah as he sees the missile coming towards the uh it's a missile <laughs> and then it blows him up just give him a moment he deserved a moment uh uh but nibnub nibnub's still there so yeah all, all good all's good um yeah so i guess it was just i don't know whether they carrie fisher didn't want to be in as many scenes or it just feels like it's just a replacement for Carrie Fisher while she's yeah, unconscious rather than this new character who's going to do something really cool and interesting. Uh, it's just another new character a, 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 that we didn't really need. Exactly. Yeah. Just a, a, a roadblock for Poe uh, and somebody for him to be angry at uh, as because he, he's, he's, he's always angry now. And um, yeah. And she does, I guess, redeem herself by doing What's now referred to as the holdover, the holdover maneuver, but again, I really like. I mean, visually, it's incredible. I think it it does give you something. I mean, I don't know why nobody's done this before because it does make sense. And obviously, Aid Edmondson has a really good reaction as he realizes what she's going to do as she sort of jumps to light speed yeah. right at them um, and sacrifices herself and the ship to give them time to escape. Um, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I remember still remember seeing this on the cinema. I think the actual shot itself is quite breathtaking. Yes, yeah, it is beautiful. And you, you, once again, you, it's like uh, 
it's like midichlorians and all that jazz and force ghost you can't think about it too much you just have to look at it and think that's clever and that's beautiful <laughs> just don't yeah, think about yeah. it and it does it does what it needs to do it gives us yeah. a nice fiery death to the big star destroyer and then gives them a nice fiery backdrop for their uh finales that they're having we didn't talk about phasma and and finn facing off oh yeah 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 we did uh, we, we could see one that's another tr- another great tragedy really is you got this epic lady playing this epic lady and we like i suppose like well I suppose like Boba Fett in the in the original trilogy, we never really, she never really had her moment yeah. to sort of shine. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want to get. Yeah, it's almost too much of a good thing and too much, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, they, she definitely she just kind of turns up. Yeah. At the end, just to kind of have this fight, it's a shame we didn't get to see again. You know, if if it was just set on these two ships, we could have maybe had a bit more with her doing something yeah. on the Star Destroyer. I don't know if they were trying to infiltrate. The star. I don't know. There, there's, it's another film, and we're not we're not here to kind of write another film. We we got what we got. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, it's it's not a great death for her. Uh, it's nice it happens at the hands of Finn. I guess it has some sort of poetic justice there. Uh, he gets to say "rebel scum" in in a cool way uh, before. This, but but then she just kind of. I think she does kind of fall to her supposed death. So maybe she could come back. Yeah, it could uh, be a Sarlacc moment. To be honest, it could be. <laughs> It could be. So I'd hope, because like you say, I think there's a night. She's, yeah, Gwendolyn Christie's great. Yeah. Bring her back. Any any opportunity to bring her back into the fold would be would be great. So I get, I mean, we could talk, we could nitpick, talk more. But I guess a way of wrapping this up, because I, it probably will go on for a bit when we talk about well, it. I've successfully avoided the question you asked earlier, and I'm very Oh, did I? Oh, really? I don't want to I'll go try and think of that now. Um, but the reaction to this film was incredibly polarizing. Yeah. Is one way to put it. When it came out, the critics loved it. It got in really great reviews, uh, early word, early buzz. Uh, and then the fans saw it and it kind of split 50 50. And it does feel like you either love it or you hate it. I'm personally in the middle. I don't think it's flawless i don't think it's you know i wouldn't say oh last jedi is my favorite star wars film uh but i don't i would put it up there and you obviously feel the opposite and it's and it's really interesting i just find it mm. really interesting just because there was such an expectation set by I do struggle with it i, I struggle with it and yeah. I, I i struggle with mm. myself as well because i'm a big proponent of accepting movies for what they are even even when they involve source material that i love and i have never had the the reaction uh done it the reaction I had to this movie towards any any other anything any other movie or anything and that is yeah and in a but in a weird way and I know that you're probably gonna hate me for saying this but then it, I kind of think it did what it wanted to do it even though you negative reaction but that but that's but that's a reaction I feel like that in some ways is what? healthier and better than than this kind of all right you, you know if you loved it that would have been obviously we would be this different podcast but when you just sort of like like Force Awakens, you just go, oh yeah, no, oh, that was good. that was nice. Um, it it was just more of the same. And when this unsuccessfully or successfully, whatever you feel, gate 
I want I want art or film, you know, let's call it art. I want art to elicit a reaction, positive or negative. And and negative is as strong as positive. And and you will then take away from this. Uh and 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 like you said, you rediscovered your love for Star Wars because because you you fell fell out of love with it because of this film. And I think it probably strengthened your love of what you love because of you now know what you don't want. I don't know. I mean, it does feel, I don't, I, don't know. I just I feel think like you're trying to talk me, uh, talk me around. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to feel, I want you to feel in some way positivity towards this movie, even though it, it, it elicits negativity in you, yeah. because I think that's a, but that's, a, I just think that's it, it elicited a reaction. And I think what's worse, like Bumblebee, what did that elicit reaction out of me? It was like, oh, all right, I've, I've watched that. Uh, whereas if I watched it and I, hated it i don't know but but it was i I get talking around in circles but i don't know i don't it's not a this film is in no way a bad film it's not like you're watching this going (laughs) this is just shite uh it's it's trying to do something that you didn't agree with uh but it did that i think it did that successfully more again the same as false awakens i feel personally more worked about this film than didn't work but the bits that I feel worked are the bits that you feel didn't uh, shat upon <laughs> some of the stuff that came before. But in my mind, in my head, Star Wars needs to kick up the ass because I think Star Wars is going to become, it's just going to rest on its laurels. And I don't want yeah, I don't anybody that, to do that. I don't that. think that it is going to rest on its laurels. And I don't think that it is resting on its laurels, whether that's as a result of the opinions about this movie or the new trilogy in particular, I, you know, I don't know, like you say, we're not insiders, so we can only uh, really guess. So I guess if the only thing that it's done is show them a direction that they don't particularly want to move into for various reasons, then, then I guess that's a positive. Well, I don't know. I mean, and I think it's a big, I don't think this Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to happen because we have not heard anything about it. Uh, because of this reaction more than anything, and they're very sensitive to. I mean, that's you know the big reason why Colin Trevorrow was kicked off of the last film, and we can get into that um, next next time. But um, it, I feel like it's a shame because I think Ryan Johnson is an incredible filmmaker. Aside from this, like if you take away this, if you gave him same as John Favreau, if you said to him, create something from the ground up, because the problem with all these films is they're kind of hamstrung by the past and then kill the past burn it but you know yeah it it just needed to be done without the scythe and the sledgehammer and it it would have been fine (laughs) and it still would have got its message across and been different that's that's the problem i guess that i have if if you can call it a problem i mean no 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 i agree i think it could you know it's a move no watch no but watching it again i think it could have been yeah a a lot you know dial down 50% 50% on the uh, yeah. uh, subtlety. And it's still the subtlety. message across. You know? Yeah, and I think some of it works really well visually uh, as far as kind of just, just hammering that home. And then you, but then, you, like you say, then it hammered it even more. Yeah. You know, and I, it, it's trying to find that balance in the force uh, yeah. between the balance between fandom and the balance between creative freedom. And I think it's still struggling with that. And the next film really hammers that home, uh, I feel, as to that 
when that balance becomes completely one-sided and and I know we're going to just you know that's the next time but I think that's going to be something it's going to struggle with I think for a little bit I don't know what's going to happen it's very interesting we're now because of the current uh, pandemic and because of everything it's given them pause you know they seem to have really yeah they've pushed uh, back pushed the movies back. a year and they another mm. year so it's 2023 i think we're but what are those movies they haven't even announced what no, those movies like, are just taika waititi is doing the first one we're going to see in 2023 apparently to the schedule they released yeah which which can change which can shift which can i mean it's you know it was the benioff and uh, it was the game of thrones guys we're going to be doing one but now they're not it's it's i think this is a movable feast of of ideas at the moment so whether uh we get to see a watiti star wars which would be amazing i personally want to see a john favreau star wars film would be yeah great uh i would love to see a george lucas star wars film let's do that um <laughs> <Don't buy it. laughs> uh but you know what i mean i think it's um it's it's going to be interesting because I think yeah. once once we wrap up this new trilogy next time, I think it'd be interesting then to talk about. Yeah, it's almost like I think we'll just talk ourselves in circles if we try and face the Last Jedi now. But when we talk about it in the context of the three films, uh, I think it kind of stands alone because you've got this jj abrahams kind of sandwich yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> with this the, we pointed out i think last week mm. didn't we about a like, lack of a creative and and, and a guiding shepherding creative yeah and, and i've never seen i've never seen a film do this before where it basically shits on the last one and it and it's very weird yeah, uh, what, what, happened. <laughs> what do you mean in terms of the next movie or the one we just talked about because they both do it I think they, but, but well, yeah, it's interesting. I think they almost do they, it, they, <laughs> yeah. They, but yeah, it's interesting. Like they, they each cannibalize each other with no kind of yeah. forward momentum or thought. So they basically just hamstrung themselves by like, well, now if you're not willing to do, here you go, here's the baton, and then you've basically snapped the baton in two, yeah, and then and then you give that two bits of that baton back to that person. Go, we'll go and fix this. <laughs> And you're like, oh shit! Uh, I'm gonna just hastily stick it back together with some tape. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and it's then you end shame. up with. It is. It is. I think it is. And and the the biggest shame is it what it does to those like you say those three or four great characters that you came up with yeah. the Kylo Rens, the Rays, the Pose, the Finns, and the actors and, and actresses who played them. Yeah. yeah, and you just don't give them the justice of a of a decent character arc through the three films that they they deserved and and i think it that that's the biggest shame of of this sort of muddled storytelling is that yeah. it ultimately i mean even john bodega's now saying you know he's done with it he's washed his hands of it he doesn't want to come back or and it's a shame because i think he probably feels that way that yeah. what's the point in doing all this effort if you're not really going to handle them properly we didn't, uh, we didn't talk about mark hamill's comments about that. <laughs> well this but that's the other weird mark hamill is a man into himself i mean the, the it's an industry it's a machine yeah you do not you do not poo poo your director the before release because it just gives a i think it's interesting what some people said about his remarks about basically he didn't agree with the direction that ryan johnson wanted to take yeah. luke in but he was 
professional enough and he I think even they did change I mean I don't know what I think maybe Ryan Johnson wanted to take even further and Mark Hamill and him kind of found a middle ground and they mm. they developed that uh during the filming but in press junkets before the film he was basically saying he didn't agree with what they did and yeah, I mean, and it gives it eventually didn't he he did he did Disney I think Disney gave him a stern talking to oh fucking hell yeah <laughs> but but it, it unfortunately gives yeah. fans permission to then voice their concern or feel like I don't know. You, you all need they to be feel playing. Like they, they feel like they're validated, don't? They? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which like is validated. You know, love or hate. You know, I know you don't like the film, but no way. I know you, Scott, would not. You know, That's, you don't then no. put that hatred towards these oh my towards goodness, anyone. No. no, and you know what though? That's that's. That is the that's the struggle I have with this movie. Is I I should enjoy this movie, but I don't. <laughs> well, no, and, that, and that's fine. I mean, God, I mean, mm. we're we're not here to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to convince you of that either. I think. And watching it again, mm. uh, I just, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting the the feelings that it, it invoked in in so many people, and yeah. and I think weirdly because of that it will probably last longer than the other two. That's, um, that's, that's <laughs> another thing, isn't it? Um, maybe it's worth, there's a, oh, once again, the old, the old internet, God bless it. And it's treasure trove mm. of rumors and stuff like that. But you know, you, this, this, obviously this trilogy, obviously I think hurt, hurt Disney <laughs> in the wallet, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, they all made they all made their money. I mean, did, yeah, I don't they, think they, they did very did well as well as they wanted to with regards to merchandising and. Uh, mm. Well, that's it. The spin, the the lifespan, I guess, yeah, isn't it? Like, that's it yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's uh, there's a lot of you know poor poor old poor, poor old Kathleen Kennedy and stuff like that. I don't think he's he's going to have a contract renewed when it's up next time and stuff. And that's it's always a great shame. You know, you never wish ill on people but it's um it, it is hopefully a lesson they'll learn it's just a shame that it's uh it kind of had to be learned and the rumor you were saying about that they're going to ignore these films. well yeah that's only that's only what i've seen uh, that's only what i've seen on, on the web nets like i say you have to be a bit careful because there is so much stuff out there that is designed to just make you press a button to go and get numbers oh, yeah. up on a website or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they they well, I think they're that, not going to. That, that could just mean they're going to set it a hundred years in the future, right? Or the hundred years in the past. It doesn't. I, I really think mean... what they were setting up is with these with this new trilogy, they were setting up the first order and resistance. And then going forwards from this, this was going to be the area of Star Wars they were going to explore. However, I think now we're going to see a focus more around that Mandalorian era Mm. uh, where EA sets its games in that era between sort of Return of the Jedi, sorry, after Return of the Jedi going forwards before The Force Awakens. And more prequels then another set of prequels i, I don't know I, I don't know actually mate it's a, it's a good question i don't think it i don't think that we're gonna we're gonna see mention of ray finn poe the resistance mm. anything like first order I, I it would you know that that seems to be 
the feeling or the thought out there that it's just going to be, it's it's going to be it's going to be death by being ignored. It's going to, you know, it's so, so in some ways he has killed the past. Well, um, yeah, yeah without him realizing it. But but I guess it's yeah because I get. It's almost like you want the empire and the and the rebellion. I don't know. It's it's almost like those are the iconic things. And I guess trying to just basically reskin them wasn't successful to to kind of do a weird yeah. nostalgia reboot of basically what has come before. Uh, you know, that's kind of yeah what they don't they don't need to go down. No. They either need to to go down a new road or, like you said, go back to that era. Yeah. And just give us more stories within that yeah, they, empire they've got, rebellion. They've got something like we did. We did the Mandalorian episode, didn't we? And they've got things they know that work. So, okay, this new trilogy. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of money thrown on it at it, but there <laughs> there is hope. You know, they they have, and there were good elements about them. I, I sound like I'm doing what Disney are doing or rumored to be doing, which is forgetting them. I I won't. There are there are moments in them that I love, and there are characters in them that I I really love, and and my my kids feel more positive about this part of Star Wars than they do the <laughs> others. So you know that I've got that to balance as well. Um, but uh, there are there are things they're doing that are that is that is working or do seem to be working, which is the Mandalorian and the animated series and stuff like that, and that, that way of it, of exploring Star Wars. So. Um, you know, there there is there is hope. <laughs> as as always, as as they say, we are the two broom boys standing there, looking hopefully up at the future. Yeah, we didn't mention that scene actually. That's um, that that encapsulates what I guess what he was trying to get across with the movie. Right? Is you, you can be a broom boy and become a Jedi because he uses the Force to do to call the broom to him and do the sweeping. Well, it's kind of the end of Ray's storyline, I think. It's and also Luke's. It's kind of because they're playing, and and it's the legend, and it's the story being told, yeah. Uh, and it's the rebellion. It's kind of it's the coming together of the three storylines into that one scene. You know, he's got the ring that Rose gave him with the rebellion. Oh, sorry, the resistance. Um, even though it's a rebellion <laughs> symbol, what the fuck? Um, you know, it's 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 basically going. You know, he look. He's looking towards the future. He's he can use the force and he's, and he's just a broom boy. It's, I guess what Ryan Johnson, I guess ultimately was trying to do is in that, like you say, it's encapsulated in that one last shot is look, here's us looking towards the future. Let's, you know, here's the past. Let's boldly step into whatever's next going to be. And what we got next was people ignoring all that and going back. Uh, So it's, (laughs) it's, it's in. I mean, I guess yeah. It's it. It's not a subtle film. It's a brick wrapped in a, another brick with a with a hammer attached yeah, to it. So, it, and I think that's. I, I don't. You know, I don't necessarily think we needed to be told either. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a debate. I guess for another time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, the fans would. Yeah, I think the reaction is oddly against that. Unfortunately, but uh, we. I think that's probably a good place to leave. Yeah, probably. Leave it on the well done. I'm going to go and lie down now. I know. <laughs> I know. And clean yourself. Have a shower. Yeah, that's hey, it. Clean myself I, with bleach. I, no, it's not. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, it was good to talk no. to you. Well done. 
<laughs> We've got over that hump of of the last Jedi, uh, uh, and we will be moving on to the conclusion. Uh, but we've kind of jumped ahead of ourselves by talking about what's next for uh, Star Wars because we have yet we have one more film left of this new trilogy, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, which I know uh, we're going to roll reverse for that one. Um, but I'm, I'm very I'm looking forward. I don't know. I'm I don't looking... know. You know, I'm I feel more positive about it than I did the Last Jedi, uh, but. That's what I mean. I think you're going to be the positive uh, yeah, one, I, and I will. I will be shitting on it from a great, from a very great height. I didn't want to yeah, shit not. on the last Jedi. I, I didn't, and I, I hope I didn't. Um, it has its problems, and and I have problems with it. But like Paul says, it's it's it is in no way my thing to control. I'm just purely putting across my 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 opinion. So I hope I hope people understand that, and uh, yeah. I, I, no, don't, I don't like being negative about things, especially Star Wars. I like being positive about it. I like enthusing about it and talking about it. No, no, no. We can't. Yeah, we can't love everything no. Star Wars shaped. Uh, and I think you explained yourself really well as to why you don't like it. And it's not. And like I say, you know, the fact that it elicited that feeling from you is good because then you focused in on what you love about it. And I know you went back to the to what you love about it and are back in love with star wars which is good because you know i think it'd be horrible if it took it took that away from you it's, a, it's an important thing yeah yeah oh, do you know what i've though, though, though the last year i have i have disney to thank for that um because it was a, a visit to um we don't have to include this in the pod <laughs> <laughs> no we will yeah, we do yeah. It was when I went to Disney and um, I saw uh, I saw a Star Wars a Star Wars parade and then my wife I was initially very very resistant Ray Ray and Chewbacca waved at me from the parade me and my son um, on the side and um, then my wife talked me into going to see uh, to meet BB-8 and uh, Kylo Ren and. Uh, the rest is uh, I was um, yeah I was immediately back in love with it all. <laughs> brain, brain, brain brainwashed. Just like that scene, yeah, Clockwork Orange. They just had you in the back with your eyes pinned open I, watching. Star I showed Wars. you the pictures of my reaction I when have. I met BB-8. I I yes. was beside myself. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It was so cool. I uh, yeah, it was so cool. Um, it's difficult for me to put into words, actually, but uh, yeah. But, that, <laughs> but, that, but that's great. And, I, and that's great. And I think that encapsulates why it means so much to you. And I think that's yeah. important. And it's important, like you're saying, and it's important for all filmmakers and creatives to remember that when they're handling these properties. I mean, I would not want to be in a Ryan Johnson or a J.J. Abraham shoes. Or I would no. be. Would I want to make a Star Wars films? Of course. But fuck, I mean, the pressure and the expectation yeah. and the... And the pe- you know, people like, you know, fans uh, and people like yourself who have got this connection with certain characters yeah. that go beyond the story you're trying to tell. You know, Ryan Johnson was just trying to tell a story uh, and the reaction that that yeah. got from people, it's, 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 it's crazy because you're dealing with stuff that's so much bigger than just your little film. Uh, it's, it's bigger than that. And Star Wars has become this, you know, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it and the fact that we're it's part of the kind of geek fabric of the geek culture it's such a unwielding weird 
almost religion to kind of deal with and you have to respect that and when it's not respected or or treated with with care people will get upset yeah Uh, but yeah so on that note (laughs) as i i reached to to jump into light speed to perform my hold or hold or movement maneuver hold (laughs) over Aldo maneuver towards Rise of Skywalker <laughs> as I whip through it. Uh, we will be back next time to to finish off the trilogy. And as always, Scott, thank you for being here with me. And uh, I, I'm glad we had this therapy session. Don't do style. Don't bring that down. Us, please. Um, but yes, may the force be with you. Scott. And, and you, mate. Well done. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to It's a Chat with me, Paul Williams, and Scott Charnock. If you want to ask us a question, we can be reached on Twitter at It's a Chat Podcast, or you can email us at It's a Chat Pod at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Aaron Kenny, and always remember, It's a Chat! <laughs> <laughs>